It is my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. Today, you've got Jeff and Marissa and then potentially a Diego coming in <laughs> in a little bit. So you're going to start off the episode with the two of us and then possibly you get a little bonus Diego time. Marissa, how are you? Where are you? I am good. I just got back from Costa Rica. I am in Atlanta for just a couple days and then I am heading back to my home away from home. It feels like to Playa del Carmen in Mexico. I feel like I've been there at least once a year, every year for the past couple of years, and I'll be there for a month or two, or we'll see, but I'm super excited. Where are you today, and what's going on? I'm in Cape Town, and yeah, I think the last time we talked, I mentioned that I was coming here. I don't think I had actually been here just yet, but now I'm like sitting in my apartment looking over this amazing ocean. I got an awesome ocean view. It's warm out. I'm not freezing like I was in Barcelona, so so (laughs) far... First impressions are, wow, this is like one of the more livable cities as a digital nomad. It checks most of the boxes you're looking for. The internet's been good everywhere that I've been so far. The the cost of living is relatively low for other than housing, which is surprisingly high. The cost of living for everything else, all the food and all that kind of stuff, has actually been pretty low. So it's kind of everything that you're looking for. And... To be continued, we'll see. It's only been one week, and I did I did come down with a sinus ear face infection while I was <laughs> when I first got here. So I haven't been able to really spend a ton of time exploring around in nature. But we're heading out for the weekend on a big road trip. I'm gonna have to learn how to drive on the wrong side of the road. So I don't know. I'm nervous. I'm never ever. You're a good driver. I feel like you've driven me on all sorts of like four wheelers and things. I. I trust my life in vehicles with you. So I, I feel like you can handle the wrong you side of the road. I, I, <laughs> I think you're going to do confidence. well. I'm, I'm going to take that, well, take that with It's so weird. The first six months last year, I was uh, mostly in, in, I was in Africa and Asia. I was in six different countries and every single one of them drove on that left side of the road. And I still, coming back to the States, I will pull out of my driveway and be like, which... I like don't know which side of the road to drive on anymore. It's a very <laughs> weird feeling. So it's anyway, that'll be fine. It has, it has. But for you know, for you listening, Jeff has a beautiful view out his window of the ocean and the the soccer stadium, or that used to be the the World Cup stadium. And yeah, I love your view in Cape Town. If nothing else, Cape Town has some gorgeous, gorgeous views. And Diego just jumped in. Diego, how are you? And where are you? Hey, thanks, guys. I'm in Germany right now. So I was just skiing in in France for two weeks with a bunch of nomads, actually, as well. And yeah, now got got back home, visit the family again for a few days, and then I'm off to Colombia, Medellin, for a little bit. Ooh, awesome. Awesome. My favorite. I love it. I didn't know that you were going to Colombia. Oh, that warms my heart. Ah, but I missed you. How do we miss I'm each other? I'm there so often, and yet I still missed you. Yeah. I, I feel like all of us always miss each other by like a week or two or a month and yeah. <laughs> follow around. But one day, well, one we'll day. all be back. Well, I'll be back in the same place. It's been a while. But Jeff, kick us off. What are we here to talk about today? Okay, so today we're going to talk about the three reasons it's okay to have a gap in your resume. 
as a digital nomad or starting out more uh, more precisely, more starting out as a digital nomad. So the reason why we wanted to bring up this topic is because this is a lot of times what we get in our inbox. We've got a very active beach commute community that sends their, their fears, the things that keep them from becoming digital nomads. And that's really helpful for us because it helps us know what it is that we need to talk about in order to help our audience understand and get a little bit more comfortable with with approaching these things. So we're going to talk first about the five fears that are causing people to be afraid of this situation. They could be having a gap in their resume. And then the, Marissa, what's the expression? It's like the job hopping type of thing. Yeah, the job hopping. I've had a lot of like, we've had a lot of beach community group coaching sessions. And I've been working for many years as a career coach 101. And whether you are just trying to start a new career or you want to start traveling and maybe switch careers or do something different or, you know, leave your company that maybe you've been at for a while. So many people just saying like, I'm so afraid I'm going to, well, we'll talk about the actual fears, but the the kind of bucket overall level is you're scared to have like some sort of gap in your resume, maybe time off. Or if you don't like something, you're kind of jumping between, you're afraid to be, you know, what's called a, a job hopper, right? And then it doesn't look like you're ever committed. And we'll talk about the fears that come with this. So this fear alone, you know, we have all the travel and logistics and stuff on top of it. But these, this kind of bucket is really what keeps so many people from getting a remote career and starting to travel the world. So we're going to talk about, yeah, those, those five main fears that we've heard time and time again. And then stay for the end because we're going to give you three solutions to talk to your employer about if you end up with a gap on your resume or if you become the elusive job hopper. So with that, I'm going to talk about my experience just from years of career coaching and also working and recruiting from the corporate world. And then Jeff and Diego have both hired a ton of people, you know, Jeff while working for a large company as a CMO and Diego running his own company. So it's a really fun perspective and we're excited to bounce our ideas and, and real life experiences. So with that, I'm going to hop into these five fears. I'll, I'll just kind of go through them and then we'll all kind of chime in. So the first one that many, 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 I would say this is the most common one is let's say you're in a career, you maybe don't even love it, or you're you know working in a job that doesn't let you work remotely. You want to try something new and you're afraid that you might start this new job or new company. You're not going to like it and you're going to want to quit after a month, two months, three months, six months, whatever that means for you. And there's this fear that no new company is going to hire you. After that, if you you know can't get a job, it, you know you have these months of gaps on your resume. So just quickly throwing it to you guys, and I'll share my thoughts afterwards. What do you what do you feel about this one? Yeah, the the fear you're not going to like it. It kind of just goes through. If there's like a through line between that and everything else with being a digital nomad, fear of like not being able to like not liking it, and then like what happens with my old apartment. What happens with all the arrangements I made with my furniture? There's like this, this fear of not liking it, like kind of transcends this and goes into all aspects of the logistics parts of stuff. And the reality is like, if from my perspective, two things. One is if you don't like it, you can always reverse track. You can always go backwards and you can do these kind of things again. And the second thing is I haven't met anybody that doesn't like it. <laughs> I, I've, I've only, the only people that I've met that were digital nomads that are no longer digital nomads 
found like some dream job that required them to be on, you know, on location and they absolutely love it or they ended up starting a family. But nobody that I know actually started becoming a digital nomad. I'm curious to hear if you guys know anybody. Well, not that they wouldn't like becoming a digital nomad, but uh-huh. maybe they love the nomad life, but they don't like their new job, right? It's scary to say, oh, I love this life, but I don't love this job that I'm doing. And now it's so oh. miserable. I need to quit, right? And then there's a gap in your resume because now you don't have a job for a couple months and, oh, I and think then I'm just- you become... Sorry if I didn't explain them all, become sort of unhireable in that way. Yeah, yeah. Big fan of people have. That one, yeah. Okay, let me backtrack because then I, I I got some of that wrong. That was a that was a big fear that I had because I stayed with the same company for ten years. So that resonates a lot with me because I spent so long thinking, well, the next thing has to be absolutely perfect, or else I'm not going to yeah. jump into it. But that perfect job doesn't really exist, and there's you can always you can always just get another job. It's not. It's oh we we think of it as this permanent state where it just yeah. has to be something that you're never ever going to leave before you even make the leap, but it's just not it's just not true. And when you look back in retrospect at decisions and fears like that, you always forget about that fear. You're like, oh, I just remember this phase when I worked here. I remember this phase when I worked here, but you never really think about this this like in between fear stage that that's not even it's not even real and it's not even helpful. Yeah. And the key is you can always get another job, but everyone has, in my experience with coaching, and I do primarily career coaching, but I coach people with relationships, with friendships, you know, family members, whatever it is. And so many people have, like, everyone has a different fear. And some people, friendships are really scarce and it's like really hard to make friends. Other people, their love life is really scarce. And it's like, if I break up with this person, I'm never going to find someone else. And so, so like you, Jeff, are like, well, I'll just get another job. So you don't have any fear like hearing you as a coach like to you jobs are not a scarcity jobs like oh, i'll get another one but so many people mm-hmm. have a real scarce mindset around this and it's like if i leave this one like what if nothing else comes along and that's a really scary thing so with that again we're going to give you some solutions at the end but let's jump into number two which is you're scared that you might hop around to a few different companies let's say you try something let's say you you go with jeff's method and you're like all right i'm gonna not worry about the perfect thing i'm gonna try something new i hate it but now I believe that all the jobs are, are there. I can get tons of jobs and I'm going to try the next one. I don't like that one. And I'm going to try the next one. And I also don't love that one. And now I've become a job hopper and I've stayed somewhere only a couple months at a time. And now I'm going to find a job that I really love. But the fear is that company's not going to hire me because they see that I'm not committal, right? They see that they're going to assume based on my resume that I will probably leave that company too. Diego, again, we'll give solutions on what to say to all of these, but I'd love your thoughts on this one. As you're hiring people, do you is this ever a fear of yours if you see a job hopper that they're not going to be committal to you? Yeah, and I love that you you put the question that way because that allows everybody listening and maybe to get a little bit of perspective of what it looks like and feels like on the other side of this. And you know, take my perspective with a grain of salt because it is my perspective here. And there's going to be other employers that have a different idea. You know, you have a more corporate version, a more startup version. But let's just let's just sort of take a step back from all this and ask ourselves, well, what has changed in the marketplace in the last, you know, 20 to 30 years? Where where are we today compared to where we were back then? And you remember my, my dad, you know, had it, his, his job, he had it his entire life, right? So he was, the, he was the classic corporate corporate guy, worked at an oil company as an expat, and he was traveling around the world as well in a, in a different kind of way. But yeah, so for him, it was at, at, in those times, it was all about this loyalty 
to to the company and sticking to the same job and showing that you're that you're so committed to it. And back then there was, I think this this I think that's where the fear really came from that we talked about in the first part here. It's from a whole generation of professionals who looked at jobs as this incredibly, incredibly scarce and valuable thing that you don't mess with, right? Like you don't mess with your career. You don't mess with your job. If you got something good going, don't mess that up for, for something fun or something that you'd like to change, right? Focus on the stuff that's really important. So looking at that, I think you kind of have to ask yourself, well, what is, oh, there is a, it's a dog. <laughs> Sorry, um, have a little dog barking in the background. <laughs> no, you're good. That was not loving. so. That was big look, dog. <laughs> looking at at that, it kind of allows you to now think. Well, where are we today? And today is all about about the progression of an individual and how an individual gets to move from company to company, from opportunity to opportunity, and grow as a professional. And sometimes these sideways jumps actually allow you to really step ahead. And there's no longer the same stigma attached to that kind of movement. Nowadays, that's actually the norm, right? If you look at some of the research, I think it talks about people on average staying in a job for 18 months yeah. or two years or something like that. And that just that, you know, let that sink in for a second, internalize that because there is your there's your answer right there. The person on the other end, you know, yeah. for example, in this case, hiring somebody, I'm no longer expecting somebody to have a flawless career of, you know, 10 to 15 years in one company. In fact, if somebody does. I might actually find that weird and I might ask myself, why have they not done the kind of moves that most other people have done? So maybe that allows you to just dissolve this part of the fear a little bit and think about all of this in a in a in a slightly different way, that it's okay to be to be making these moves, as long as I can see that the direction in which you're moving follows some kind of a thread, that there's some intent behind it, right? Even if you're completely changing your career, yeah. why are you doing that? Right? What's what's that change for? And is is that yeah. change aligned with where what I'm looking for right now from the person I'm trying to hire. Yeah, it was interesting. There's two quick things I want to add and we'll jump to to the third fear. But one, as you talked about the average person, you know, switching every 18 months or so, there was some stat, I feel like I read years ago that said within your first, most people, this might have been an American stat, but it was within the first three years of graduating from college or like at your first years of your career, people switch an average of seven and a half different jobs which is crazy. Like that was unheard of back in the day. And that just shows maybe when you're younger or just starting out, you know, maybe there's some more mental freedom to say, all right, well, I'm new. I'm still figuring out. I'm just trying it. And a lot of people we talk to are, you know, maybe into their late 20s, 30s, 40s, even 50s, 60s. We've got beach commuters. So it's still okay to do that now. We'll talk about that. And then also, Diego, when you said like, it's almost become weird if you stay one place too long now. I remember after spending about six years at Pepsi, I thought it was such a good thing you know, that I'd stayed at this company for so long and gone throughout and I thought I was going to go work for another company before starting my own business. And I remember talking to a recruiter and she said exactly what you said. She was like, it's not so good. You've been here for so many years. Like you only have experience at this company and it's not going to be as applicable to, you know, a different, you know, a company that's not the exact same as some, you know, giant Pepsi corporation. So it, it almost became a negative in her mind. So of course you can argue both ways, but it's just interesting to to note, and we just want you to hear different perspectives of it's okay to job hop, and it's it's normal now. Like this is part of this generation. So with that, Jeff kind of hinted at number three a little bit. So I'll let you I'll let you talk about this one, Jeff. Another fear is that let's say you do really like your job, or you like it enough, or you like your industry. I have a client I was just talking recently about this. And you quit because maybe you want to give something new a try. Like you have a dream, you have a passion, but you've never actually done it. You're not sure. Or maybe it's not remote and you want to try something new so you can start traveling the world. 
And your fear is you're not going to like that new thing and you're going to want to go back to your old company or at least your old industry. But now you're like out of the market, out of the job, out of the company. Jeff, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I guess two parts. One is the going back to the old company. I think it's super, super important with everything in life just to not burn any bridges. And actually, I still do work with Brafton just because we had such a strong relationship. And you never know, like you never know when you're when you leave an old job, whether or not you're going to want to go back to them. So leave that leave that bur- that bridge unburned for sure, because you might actually have that opportunity. And I did. And I know plenty of people that actually at Brafton also went back and worked there after trying something different. And people forget that, you know, people working at companies, they're they're just people and they're and they do relate to normal people things, you know, like if you go to a hiring manager and you say, oh, my God, I, I tried this thing and, you know, it's, it's it didn't work out and I bounced around a couple of jobs and now I want to come back into this field or back to this job. They're going to they're going to get it right. So there might be a little bit of a of pause when you look at the resume and say, oh, that's a, a few short jumps, but it's not going to disqualify you. And especially if you get in there and you explain what you did, people understand that kind of stuff. You're, we're human beings and it makes perfect sense to do those kind of things. And to both of your points earlier, it can look a little weird staying somewhere for so long. You know, it might, it might look like somebody is risk averse, you know? So in the, in these situations, like, yeah, it's, it's, totally fine. I've seen it happen plenty of times. I've rehired people that came back to the company, right? Because yeah, we are people. And also there are known quantity. You forget that. If they were a good worker in the past, there is no reason to think that they won't be a good worker in the future. And it takes a damn long time to interview people. It's really, really Uh hard. It takes so much time out of our day and so much productivity away from the work that I'm supposed to be doing, I was supposed to be doing as CMO, that if I had a known quantity on the table and I could just disregard a hundred other applicants and not go through the interview process and just have exactly what I know is going to be a good worker, I'm a hundred percent going to do that. So if from my perspective, if you flip the tables again, like Diego did, this is a very, very good thing for me if the opportunity arises. Well, they call it a known quantity <laughs> as a person. I've never heard that. But <laughs> yeah, I had I absolutely had this fear of leaving Pepsi because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I was taking a risk trying something new. I had started like a class of people at this company. We all kind of got promoted together. And I had such a fear that if I left, like I wasn't going to be hireable by any other, you know, company that in the same industry that I was in or that all my peers were going to get promoted. And I was going to be so behind. But as Jeff said, like I actually... A lot of people have gone back to Pepsi. A lot of people have gone back to other companies and actually have gotten like higher salaries because now you have more power. You're not just getting that same little percent. You might have gotten a higher salary elsewhere and then gone back to it. So anyway, there's I I understand why it's scary, but there can be a lot of positives as well. And as Diego said, it's really all how you spin it of like, why did you leave? Why did you try something? Why did you do this? So we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But let's move on to number four, which is a lot of people are scared Let's say you've been in some career, whether it's for one year, 10 years or 20 years, and you're kind of progressing in that you've got some experience and you want to try something new to become a digital nomad or, or just because you're unhappy in your career. And a lot of people have a fear that you know they're going to do something lesser than. So you're going to start more entry level or entry-ish or just kind of like backslide a little bit when it comes to you know prestige or your salary. 
and then worry that you're going to be less hireable again, maybe if you want to go back or do something else in the future. So curious if either of you have any thoughts on this one. And if not, we can, we can keep going. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about people who have these kind of opportunities because you need to, I think maybe one of the most important things that you have to remind yourself of is the, it's, it's what, what are they called? The soft skills, right? The everything else that goes around the specific skills that you might've learned to do your job well. And most of those are transferable, right? And as if you think about everything that you've done in your previous jobs and you go, well, which of these things are transferable to my next job? You might actually find yourself being leaps ahead in your new job than a person would have been had they only just joined that job, you know, 10 years earlier, right? So at a much younger age than you are now with much less general job and working experience, right? And then get to just bounce ahead on a lot of these learnings and you have a lot more wisdom to be able to navigate this, this new job. Sure, you're going to have to learn some of those new skills, but I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Very often people who switch from one career to the next bring a perspective from their previous career that is invaluable because it's, it's often quite rare that you're working with somebody who has this deep understanding of a field that they're not necessarily working in, but that can really support them maybe in doing that kind of work. So just to give you an example, if I moved maybe from, from you know, customer support work over to marketing, those, those fields are quite different. At the same time, there's a, there's a lot of overlap. And now I'm looking at marketing through this lens of also what I understand about customer support, right? And, and the journey that maybe a customer is going through, the emotions that a customer is feeling. And I get to tie those two things, those two very, you know, separated very often departments that, by the way, I don't think should be that separated in a company. But you get to be the person who ties those two things together and really creates additional value for, for your employer once you, you've caught up to, to speed a little bit on the marketing side of things. So yeah, I actually think there's an opportunity there for sure. You just need to, again, see that opportunity and talk about it, right? Because that, at the end of the day, is going to get you the job. Also, people, they they always assume that you have to have this very linear looking path on your on your CV, on your resume. It has to be AVP to VP to CMO. Or, and if you break that path or if you go lateral, then you're never going to be able to go back to where you were or where you want to get to because you haven't because you've broken that perfect linear pathway. But I'm curious to hear what you have to say about that, Marissa, because I've heard a lot of people say that before, and I I don't think it's true. But yeah, give me yeah. two cents. There's a quote I love, kind of building on what Diego says. It says, "You're not starting from scratch; you're starting from experience." And maybe made up the second part. It goes something along those lines. But basically, a lot of people assume <laughs> something along those lines. I like to I like to butcher cliche quotes. <laughs> you get the picture. But a lot of people, you know, make this assumption that I'm starting something brand new and I have no experience. But like Diego said, let's say let's say I was an into you know software engineer and then I want to get into recruiting. Right? Maybe you're recruiting software engineers and you can talk to those people better than anyone else can. So you might be doing a whole new career and that yes, you'd have to learn new skills in recruiting, but like you are so much more valuable once you do than someone who's never worked in that position and understands the pain points and why you'd want to work somewhere or not. So again, just because you're starting something new, like you've might've built so many soft skills or have all this experience, like you are not, I have a client who has been in the, in the, you know, working industry for maybe like 15 years and was working sort of entry level and wanted to do something new, but he had done all like seven different careers and when I was going, I was like, you have so much experience. Like you are so qualified to do this level, you know, four ahead, you know, four levels ahead of what you are giving yourself credit for because you have all this experience. It's not like you've been, you know, sitting on a couch doing nothing for all these years. So keep that in mind. 
for the sake of time, I'm going to jump into number five and then we'll give you solutions to actually say in these interviews. But number five is, this is a really big one and it's a little bit different than the first four that we shared, which is less about the, you know, being rehirable or, or your actual current job and more of a fear of if I'm continually job hopping, maybe I'm not getting that increase in salary like I would if I, you know, just stayed doing the same thing like linearly, like Jeff said. And maybe I'm working somewhere new that isn't, you know, I'm not adding money to my retirement this month or this year or something. And I'm basically, the fear is I'm being really irresponsible and I'm not going to have money. <laughs> I'm going to go through these fears like real far away. I'm not going to have money when I retire. And our caveman brains then think like, I'm going to starve. I'm not going to have shelter. I'm going to wither away and die when I'm old, right? This is taking it really far, but that's what the brain is afraid of. So it's pretty self-explanatory as a fear, but any thoughts from you two real quick before we move into the solutions? Yeah, no, I think it's just that. I mean, I, I like that you said this is a caveman brain because it really is just going back to resources. And we optimize for having resources. We're optimizing for security. And anytime something very, very basic like money interferes with that that way of thinking, you immediately hit the panic button and you just go back to your safety zone, right? Anytime you panic about your resources or your safety, you go back to the safety zone. And I did that for many, many years. I'm a really, really good example of how to not conquer caveman brain. Just the caveman of the episode here. And it, to be honest with you, it was it was a mistake. It was a mistake because in in leaving, like we say with all of these things, with digital nomad-related fears, you will figure it out. <laughs> and it's 100% true. You will figure it out. And some things won't work. And then some things are going to work better than you think that they're going to work. And it'll come out in the wash. And, and if it doesn't, you'll, you'll figure something out then too. And there is just no way, and you shouldn't probably plan that far ahead because you'll just you'll just cripple, cripple yourself like I did for a long time. Yeah. And it might be that you sort of regress financially or in your retirement addings for a temporary amount of time, sure. but then you find what you love and sure. you, like, think about it as a marathon, right? Then you have years of doing a career you love while you travel the world and having this epic life and making just as much money and saving, you know, just as much or more. So Again, I love that Jeff said he's the caveman of the episode or this group, but I love that. But yeah, the caveman brain is Shoe very fits. real. So, so we love that fits. and have <laughs> the clock. I don't think that's a quote. We're just about to all the quotes today. <laughs> is that true? It's um, not a quote. I, I love it. That's, that's the new quote from now on as part of Beach Community, the clog fence. But all that to say, like it's, we have a ton of compassion for it. As you've hear, as you've heard, you know, we've been there, but it's, yeah, it's, it's totally manageable. And the point is like, you got to have some courage to live this life, to try something new, to live an epic life, but it's so worth it. So with that said, now that maybe you've listened to these five and you relate to all five of them or one of them or two of them, hopefully you can you know find yourself somewhere in here. We just wanted to share like, what are the real fears and why are people scared of, of taking a sleep, of trying something new, of doing a new job or new career, or new company in order to become a digital nomad if your co current company won't let you travel. So with that, we're going to give you three solutions. So let's say You've taken the leap, you've tried one or different new jobs or companies or in different industries, whatever that might look like for you. And let's say you hated it and you quit and you have a six month gap in your resume or one year gap or a one month gap, whatever, two years, whatever that might be. Or let's say you are like still active and you've tried three or four different jobs in the past 
year and a half, right? You've become the job hopper. Now you've come to us, you're going to be interviewing for a new role or whatever company that might be. And maybe someone asks you about it. So we're going to talk about three things that you can say in an interview or to a future employer if this is you. So the first one is, and then I'll kick it to, to either of you guys, is yes, I you, we've, we've talked a little a bit about this, but I, I did try something new. I didn't like it and I want to come back. So this is what sort of Jeff was talking about. Of maybe you want to go back to your company or back to an industry. Jeff, can you tell me, you said you've rehired people. Just mm-hmm. give us like a little bit, like what should someone say to you in this scenario if they want to come back? Yeah, 100%. I wanted to try something new. I wanted to try something different. I wanted to broaden my horizons a little bit. This was interesting to me. And maybe share a little bit about what that experience was like. Like this is this is exactly how it went. This is what I did here. Like be be part of my life for a second. I'll share that journey with you. And it wasn't for me. And now I'd I'd like to come back because I did enjoy this job. And I left because not because I didn't like the job, but because there was an opportunity for me to grow. And I'm glad that I did it. And now I know it doesn't work. Simple as that. And anybody hiring that hears that story, if they have any empathy whatsoever, they're going to they're gonna resonate with that. that that's going to that's gonna click with them. And if it doesn't click with them, you probably shouldn't be working there because that's, that's a very reasonable thing to be able to say to somebody. Yeah, I love the honesty and that works whether you're going back to the same company, to the same industry, or if you're just trying something new, right? Let's say you you tried X career, but then you're like, all right, I did X, I want to try Y, and now I'm going to Z. You can say, I, I did X, and then I thought I would like Y, and I didn't. And here's why I thought I would, and here's what I did like about it, but here's what's not right. And this is why Z is now like so exciting to me because I know, or you know, you think, but you want to go in with that confidence. I know, I know now because I did X and Y that Z is is really meant for me, and here's why I'm excited, right? So with that, I want to kick number two over to Diego. So let's say whether you just tried one job or maybe your job hopping, and maybe you like the new industry you're in, or 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 you're still switching again. But the other companies or the environment, like it just wasn't a good fit. It wasn't right for you know a variety of reasons. And now you're coming to this next company because you know, they feel more exciting. So Diego, how would what would you like someone to say to you in that example? Right. I'm, I want to start off also with giving you a quick word of caution. I would be very careful to not talk bad about your former boss or your former team. That's that's one of those standard pieces of advice that you're given when you're it's a delicate line. <laughs> right. Right. Because there's there's a certain amount of trust that you can break right at this moment. You can suggest to the person that you're interviewing with that you are going to do the same thing potentially to them. Right. And so that's, that's definitely one to be, to be careful about. But if, if what you want to convey here is that you've been moving between different opportunities or different styles of work, or that you are now in that process of making, of making those moves, then to me, it would be really important to understand your reasoning and there's no right a wrong answer per se in terms of what exactly that is, as long as it is authentic, it's based in something solid. There's a there's a reason why you're making this decision to move into the specific direction. And let's be you know let's be honest, just between all of us here listening, and you know even if you want to get that remote job so you can travel, I get it. That makes perfect sense. But you still have the option of choosing from so many different types of jobs and so many different professions. So you're still making a conscious decision to say, well, this is the particular type of remote work that I'm going to be doing so that I can, you know, get out there and travel. So don't talk about the part where you say, I want remote jobs so I can travel. That's not going to resonate so well with the employer. Focus on the part where you say, this is why I chose this 
this job. This is maybe this is how it relates to what I've been doing in the past. And I'd love to give this a shot. And this is going to let me learn something in a, in a direction I've always wanted to go into. Or even better, especially for the for the employer, the interviewer is to see that you have aspirations to take this further. Maybe there is something significant, you know, you'd like to grow in this area to get to this level or to, to, to get to that level, right? That way, I know that you're the kind of person that's probably going to push yourself a little bit harder. You're going to be curious enough to learn something new. And I know that the department that you're going to be joining is going to be growing with you, right? So that is something that I'd really love to see in, in a person that I'd be interviewing. Anything else to add, guys? I love that. I think it's so important, as you said, like if an environment wasn't good or you didn't like a company, as Diego said, like don't bash that company, don't burn them because the fear is then that you would say the same thing about their company when you, you know, if or when you then leave that. And the same, you know, people talk about just gossiping in normal life, right? Like it feels good in the moment, but then if you're gossiping about someone, you know, if I'm gossiping about Jeff at Diego, you know, why wouldn't Diego assume that I'm going to gossip with Jeff about him, you know? So it goes the same with companies. Like, even if something wasn't right, spin it positively, talk about, you know, what you're excited to have here, not why something else was so terrible. But I love, I think the common theme I'm hearing from both of you is like, you know, but but do tell the truth and say what you learned and say why you're growing and what you're excited about at this new company. And again, I think the overall overall theme is like, it's okay if you've switched, but like talk about how you've grown and moved forward along the way. So the last sort of solution, and this is a little bit different, but sort of fun as well, is you can just say you took time off to travel the world or do something cool or learn something cool. We're so, I know I was this way, like we're so bred of like, we have to graduate and then do this job and keep working forever and ever and ever and raising up and, you know, going up the, the ranks in this ladder. But I remember telling someone, one of my clients once, let's say you do something for two months and it's like the worst thing like that you burn bridges, like maybe they would say something terrible about you or you just don't even want to talk about it. You're not required to say you even worked at that place. So that one's a little bit more of a gray area. You can still just say, hey, I, you know, I have this gap because, you know, maybe the truth is that you've been trying to find work for eight months and no one will hire you. But what if you spin the story as, you know, I was ready to take a break from my last job. I learned, you know, I, I found this podcast. I started traveling the world. I wanted to experience life. I saw these things. It's been an amazing experience. And now I'm ready to get back into the workforce again. I have cooled off. I have restored. I've had a break. I've seen the world. I've learned things and have this new experience, right? So for any, you know, you can spin that in any sort of way you want, especially coming from us. If someone told me, you know, I took time off and I, I went to Australia and then I did this and then I did that, I'd be like, cool. Like, tell me more. What'd you learn? So, Curious your take on on this one of just like kind of just saying you took a break to do something or learn something or rest. <laughs> I love it. If somebody came to me and said that, especially me being me, somebody that works for a company that helps people become digital nomads, I absolutely love that. And they would probably shoot pro a lot biased. Yeah, definitely. They'd probably shoot ahead in my mind. But let it just say we took that and exchanged that with some other experience that's not quite related to travel, but they wanted to do something that didn't quite, I don't have an example right off top of my head. Ruben, maybe like, your mom was sick and you went to take care of them or you wanted to go learn a language or something like just throwing some other examples. Yeah, and keep running that's with good. I, I wanted to go, I wanted to go to another country and learn a foreign language, right? I think that is awesome. And, and if anything, that gives them more points in my book because it shows a dedication to wanting to improve themselves and wanting to learn something new. And why would it be that somebody that has that much passion 
for life and for learning wouldn't do the same exact thing working for my company. There's no reason to think that. If anything, that shows like a really strong bit of education or a, a bit of like a passion and dedication. Dedication is the word I'm looking for to doing, to learning and to, to progressing personally. So I'd add one more thing to this. And I think that this is quite important when you're thinking about all these answers, what you really want, I guess, from us here is framework, right? You want to know what, what, not exactly what to say, but how do I understand this question? How do I understand how I want to respond to this question? Right? Because then you're going to be able to adapt this to absolutely any situation that you're in. One of the pieces of framework that I'd give you here is if I was faced with somebody who had this gap in the resume, right? And let's just, let's just say for a moment, you know, not all of your employers are going to be as happy for you traveling the world as we are, because we definitely are. We have that <laughs> so imagine that I'm, I might be a little bit less sort of inclined to, to celebrate. I think there's going to be two things. There's going to be one thing that's on my mind that I want to find out. I want to know, is this person, did this person just, you know, did, did this person not really want to work anymore? Is that something that's maybe happening there? Did this person get a little bit lazy? Did this person, you know, just not really like their past job? Is there sort of a desire to to keep cruising and keep just keep traveling for the sake of traveling and where work becomes so secondary that why am I even hiring you in the first place, right? So let's assume that some of those questions are on my mind. You need to ask yourself, how do I, you know, what what is it? First of all, ask yourself, what's the truth? What's my truth, right? And you probably, if you, if you realize that you're just a little bit lazy, that's maybe something else to work on. But once you've figured out your, your truth, you you can hopefully realize that, well, you do actually want to work on something that excites you and at the same time, maybe have this kind of lifestyle. Fair enough. So now you want to focus your answer on, on talking about those things, but also just ensuring that the person on the other end never gets the feeling that you're not a driven person, right? So if I was talking to you, you've got this big gap in your resume, you traveled, you told me why, what you learned and all that kind of stuff. But if in another breath on a different question, I understood that you're a very driven person that you've you know been really career focused before or or you you can you can show me something about who you are and what you've done that offsets that i immediately know well this is not a character trait this was a choice that you made at some point in your life and it was something intentionally wanted to do i understand that that's you know that doesn't reflect negatively negatively on you right and that, that i think is important to remember as you're answering this I love that. And I always love Diego's point of view of like, what are we asking you? You know, when you, we start to think like, what is the interview want to know? Put yourself in their shoes, which is helpful advice. So yeah, there's sort of three buckets we gave you, but to Diego's point, and again, I think the common thread with all of these answers is just like, to me, tell the truth. I say like, tell the truth. You can spin the truth in different ways, but like, just talk about your growth, show that you are a great worker, a dedicated person. I had someone, there's a beach commute client actually, as part of our group coaching, had been in the same career for 16 years at a company and then was afraid she wouldn't look dedicated by career hopping. If you're listening, shout out to you. But I was like, it blew my mind because I was like, you just told me you were at the same company for 16, I think it was 16 years, something right around there. Like if you jump around, like that's okay. Like we know you have commitment when you find the right thing. So again, just kind of share why it's happening. Show a time in your past when you were dedicated, when you were excited that it's not you know, your, your life isn't just that you're, you're unemployed forever and lazy and, you know, not happy working or whatever, but it was just a situation that you maybe needed rest or to try something new or you took a risk or whatever that might be. And, and just share that, like be excited. And I think with any company, just be really excited and show that you want to work there. You, you know why you want to work there. You share that and you're, you can prove and explain and show that you're going to 
do a great job if you go there. So any last closing words as we wrap up this episode? It's a, a huge fear for so many people. So we hope that this one really helped you. But yeah, any last words from you guys? I uh, just, you got this. Don't overthink it. Yeah. My last words would be take the risk, take the leap, try something new. It's scary as fuck. We know that <laughs> it's real. It is really real. It is scary to try something new, but it's it's so worth it in the end, both to travel the world and just to find a career that you love. Like both of those are super, super important and, and close to my heart. And you can't do that if you just play it safe and stay forever. So we get why you do and we're ready for you to try something new. We hope this helps in your path to this new career and new life. And holler if you have any questions. Lastly, Jeff, can you share where people can join and, and our email list and what they can find if they do? Yeah, make sure that you join our email list at beachcommute.com backslash email. When you join this list, you'll get our newsletter that comes out every Wednesday. So you'll see the latest podcast episode and updates on where we're doing, where we're traveling, certain you know stuff that we're seeing and then you'll also get onto the two jobs marissa's remote jobs <laughs> what are we gonna call that marissa's remote job listings i think we're, we're come up with something with some name for this but basically marissa has been sending out two hand-picked remote jobs per week that she she feels are going to be really really good matches for people that want to become digital nomads so you get two of those per week make sure that you sign up that right now is completely free Anything else? Perfect. So beachcommute.com slash email. And other than that, we will see you next week. Thanks for joining. Okay. Bye, everybody.